Welcome to Catholic Sports View, a look at the athletes and coaches who shape the Trinity League. Here we go. Exploring where athletics meets faith. Now, here's your host, Bob Gibson. Welcome one and all to Catholic Sports View. I am Bob Gibson, and we are brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Orange. Well, it was a tough weekend uh, if for Trinity League football programs. Across the board here, only one winning team on the week. So uh, a really rough one. Uh, we'll just kind of recap it for you a little bit. Jay Sarah went north to Clovis uh, near the Fresno area and lost 23-7. to Santa Margarita got the only win of the week over Losinger. No problem there, 42-7 for the Eagles. Orange Luther ran into a buzzsaw. Sierra Canyon is a really good football team, already with a win over Jay Sarah. On their resume this year, uh, Sierra Canyon blows by Orange Lutheran 40 to six in this one as well. And then, uh, the most controversial game, I guess, uh, the weekend, St. John Bosco goes to Hawaii to take on Kahuku and, uh, very, uh, highly contested, uh, finish to this one. But nonetheless, uh, Kahuku, uh, the first public school in a very long time to beat St. John Bosco 30 to 23 was the final score. Very rare loss for Bosco, but they will get back at it. So uh if, if you're interested in any of the of the stuff that went on uh, in this game, you can always uh, check social media and you're probably already hooked in anyway. If, if you're listening to our podcast, you're interested in, in what's going on. So uh, a little bit of a controversial ending there. But anyway, Bosco uh, ends up on the losing end. Modern day did not play uh this week. So not a very great week for the Trinity League football programs. But like I said, they will all be back at it uh, this coming week. And then league just right around the corner. We are getting there very quickly. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch how this Trinity League football schedule plays out. Because there's some very interesting teams this year. As we know, the Trinity League is a very unique one. Before we get to our uh, our interview this week, um, I want to update you on the uh, rankings in boys' water polo uh, in the Trinity League. Uh, of course, Division One led by Jay Sarah. Uh, no surprise there. They are the number one team anywhere, basically. Uh, that program really has taken off in the last couple of years. Uh, we'll be focusing on them in an upcoming uh, program as well. Modern Day ranks seventh uh, in the top ten, and then Santa Margarita checks in at nine. So, of course, the Trinity League well represented in the D1 uh, boys water polo rankings and league getting uh, cranked up there as well. Well, let's go right into our uh, interview and a really interesting one this week, I think, because uh, this football program uh, has really turned the corner in the Santa Margarita Eagles I'm talking about and uh, their head coach, Anthony Rougier. As we've talked about uh, in the past shows, a lot of turnover in the coaching ranks of the Trinity League, but not at Santa Margarita. They got their guy. Anthony Rougier has really uh, put a culture in place there at the school and uh, they're really enjoying uh, the fruits of the labor that's been put in by the entire coaching staff there. This interview went a lot longer than I thought. We just kept talking and we kept coming up with things to talk about and I kept coming up with with questions. A really interesting guy, Anthony Rougier, and I hope you enjoy uh, my talk with him. All right, let's welcome in the head football coach from Santa Margarita Catholic High School and that is Anthony Rougier. Coach, thanks for taking some time. I know it's a busy time for you right now, uh, a few games into the season. 
Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, excited to talk uh, Eagles football, 3-1 and one start. And other than a, a really close loss to Corona Centennial, who's played their own crazy schedule uh, so far this season, uh, you, you guys have really handled the uh, business and, and, and a big uh, high-scoring affair with Bishop Amat this, this past week, and you came away with the win. You happy with the way your football team looks right now? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're really happy with where we're at. You know, Centennial was tough. We lost our starting quarterback the week before, so it was a pretty big adjustment. I thought our guy, Hunter Milton, did a good job in that game, but we, we would definitely uh, would love an opportunity to give them another run. But it's been a great group to coach. These are the guys that were freshmen when I came in uh, during COVID, and so to watch them grow up to be seniors has been really awesome. Now, that's really the best part about high school football is just seeing young men you know, turn from boys to, to men in, in, your, in front of your eyes. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, you led me right into my next question, which is, you know, the, these are the guys, right? That when you got there, you had, you know, you had the chance to install your philosophy, your brand of football. Are you starting to see all that kind of come to fruition now? Yeah. You know, it's like people say like the whole adage, like a culture doesn't change overnight. So for us like, to see these guys and be a part of this and be ingrained and watching them just continue to work and to build has been, has been really great. And, uh, I think that for sure, one thing that we've seen is just games that were tough, like last week in Amat. You know, we went down 21 nothing, but the resiliency in the group, you know, nobody panicked. Everybody believed in each other. It shows that the, the group is tight knit and that we've been able to instill the grit and what we call, like for us, like we talk about being a dog. We have an acronym and the, you know, the willpower of them. It's really good. One thing you notice is that nobody wants to play Trinity League teams, right? I mean, it's, it's like, oh, we don't want to play anybody in the Trinity because right. the Trinity is so darn good. But so you have to go out of state. You have to bring in teams from out of the area, really good teams like Liberty, uh, West High from, from Utah, right? So is, is that the challenge is to be able to put a schedule together? Because, you know, there are some limitations where schools around here don't want anything to do with, with, with a team like yours. For sure. Getting games is, is like, that's part of that's a, that's a big part of the job description. They should write that in. Find opponents. Right. Um, so that's been a very difficult challenge for us. Very appreciative of the ones we've been able to get last this year. Uh, planning for next year already. We literally have it on our board right now. Like who we can lock in. We still have some open games. So that's a little PSA right there. You know, we are looking for some opponents. You know, for a few weeks. So we're definitely interested for anybody that uh, that is interested in playing as well. Does that make for fun opportunities also, though, because maybe you'll get on the road, you'll be able to get the guys out, have an experience like that, maybe a team bonding kind of a thing, whereas other other programs may, may not get those opportunities? For sure, for sure. You know, the opportunity to travel, we haven't traveled for a while. That's something we potentially may do next year. I mean, Liberty, even though even though that's not a an overnight trip, like mm-hmm. still going out there and being there all day, you spend time with your guys, it's really good. I think one of the biggest things we did this year is we went to Cal Poly for a seven-on-seven Mm. And we were able to spend some time with our guys. We did a spiritual retreat the night before and just the dividends and just how much that brought our team together that time, you know, was amazing. You know, people spell love T-I-M-E, right? And so when you're spending time with each other outside of football always helps. So the opportunity to play somebody out of state, we got a handful of coaches that are from, uh, got some Hawaiian, you know, family. And so they're pushing for that. And so we're working on that as well. So we'll see. Because the league schedule is so tough, and I, and I know as a coach, you're not looking ahead uh, beyond the, you know this week's game against uh, losing here. But because that schedule is so tough when you get into league, is it important to schedule tough because you you have to get the kids to that point to get ready for that league campaign? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to have a balance. Um, I think this this past uh, this year, 
uh, we have a good a good balance. I mean, Losinger is a really good opponent. They got a lot of guys. Uh, they don't have a ton of bodies, but they have some really high quality players, and they do a really good job on their staff getting the most out of their guys. So we're happy about that because it's hard to replicate the up front, particularly. I think that's the for sure. Just like at every level, that's where you can where it's not the NFL where there's a draft. The upfront is what separates the teams, right? Alabama, Georgia, those guys. And then when you go down here, it's modern days Boscos of the world really is what separates it. And so that's hard to simulate, but like losing her, for example, has a few guys. I got some transfer guys that have come in from different schools that are big time dudes that can help us get ready for where we go. But really ultimately, like what you're trying to do if you want to have a great program is you want to have your hardest days of competition on Mondays and Tuesdays, right? And that's when you got up front, particularly you're able to push and get guys going so that they can compete against each other. And so we're not quite there yet, but I, I really like where we're at and I like how we've been competing. I always personally think the sign of a good football team is is what they can do in a close close football game and ha- how they finish. And, and your team's been able to do that. I mean, obviously finishing against Amat, you know, your one point difference against uh, West. Uh, your, your opening week opponent. So, I mean, that's a good sign, right? That the, the kids are able to toughen up and, and, and get it over the hump at the end. Yeah. We've been putting ourselves in precarious <laughs> positions to make it that way. You know, no slight, but I think in both situations, like those staffs did a really good job to give themselves a fighting chance in the fourth quarter. So we were able to finish. And then on the flip side, we weren't able to do the, uh, get, uh, that against Centennial, but it is good. Um, to be able to be in close games and be able to finish and to execute when necessary. So, I mean, like every team, there's a lot to clean up and a lot to improve on. Um, and we're a very fluid moving team because guys have been hurt. Obviously, the quarterback situation has been fluid. So, you know, within first five games, we're going to have three different guys start. So that's a lot. But at the core and the identity, there's a good amount of continuity and understanding and and guys that are playing for each other. So it's been it's been a it's definitely been a journey, that's for sure. <laughs> How hard is it to, to to be able to not know necessarily who's going to be on the field? I mean, you know, health wise, there's things you can't control, but how hard is it as a staff to be able to, to not know exactly who might in the most important position on the football team, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's never an ideal situation, but it's football, you know, and so that's why depth is is so paramount. Um, especially at again, the college and the high school level, like and, and this is really it's high school, but it's a quasi high school environment 100%. in the Trinity League and upper echelon high school football. So it's something you anticipate and you have to prepare for. You know, it's the whole adage, expect the unexpected, right? If there's anything we've learned this year, it's that. I mean, we had our starting corner break his foot second or first day of camp. We had some other guys who had some foot injuries that came back at the end. So we've kind of gone through it a lot. So there's it's that idea of having a macro plan but then being able to adjust with your team and I, I think that's where you know there's we do a lot with data um we're pretty big nerds around here so we got the catapults we track people's sprint distances yardage and whatnot and our sports performance coach damian holly is second and none but we're it, it's very fluid um but we have a we have more depth than i think we thought we had walking into it in the summertime and that's helped us a lot these are the great life lessons, though, right? I mean, beyond football that these kids will take with them, right? I mean, life's going to throw you curveballs at times. Uh, you know, things are going to happen. It's how you react to it. It's how well prepared you are. It's, it's leaning on your faith. Um, all those things to get through, right? Absolutely. I mean, we talk about that all the time. It's don't pray for the opportunity. Pray you're prepared when the opportunity comes. 
right? And so using faith, like you mentioned, um, that's been a really big focal point for, for us as a program and, and helping us develop and just putting faith first and faith development and having devotionals. And we've been talking Ecclesiastes a lot about, you know, how, you know, one may be overpowered and two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken, right? And so that's been a big theme of what we've talked about this year and just the ultimate sacrifice. There's no greater love than a man who lays his life down for his friends. So using the Bible as the ultimate source and the ultimate truth, especially in a crazy world like it is right now, just to come back to home base and remind ourselves that, you know, first and foremost, as a Catholic school, Christian school, that we're followers of Christ and our job is to love God with all of our hearts and love Jesus with all of our hearts and love our neighbor and ourselves like we love God, you know? And, and so we've been really harping and, and just making sure that the message of the, the two Supreme commandments are, are part of what we do um, and then living it. And then also understanding that us as humans, we fall short of that, uh, me included many a times, but like using that as home base to the truth mm-hmm. and the grace that we have to, to draw back on, to help us to be the best versions of ourselves. Are there intentional times that you set aside um, for faith formation, those kind of things, yeah. or, or is it just yeah. sort of thing, but is it also things that are just sort of weaved in as they happen yeah. as well? No, no, no. It, it's very intentional. So that's where I'm, I'm super blessed that I have a lot of great men and great, great women, great people around this program, this institution that remind us what this is all about. We want to make sure that we have a carryover and a connection with our school as well, right, in the diocese. And so our school, you know, when we had our pre-year retreat with the whole entire staff and faculty, Andy Sulik talked about, like, what the, the values and the priorities of the school were, which is, you know, faith development, right? It's your moral compass development. It's with love and to teach kids resiliency. And so for us, when we talk about priorities in our program, right, and so Jim Kunau, who's uh, at uh, Orange Lutheran for a long time, the Rancho Christian and a few other places, you know, he's come on and really helped me in my just like organizing a program. And, and he's a, a huge beacon of, of the Christian faith. And, you know, it's, it's very simple. Like you have to prioritize what's the most important things. And if you want to ex- show your priorities, you have to show what you start with. So for us, it's your heart, it's your home, it's the harvest and it's the honor. And your heart is all about your faith development, right? It's about your relationships. And, and that's us helping first and foremost, our relationship with God. So what we'll do is we'll meet for a character development or faith development every day, uh, Monday through Wednesday, where like it'll be a Bible verse for the week. It'll be a theme, you know, and then we'll have uh, on Tuesdays, we'll kind of dive deeper into that theme and that verse. And then on Wednesdays, our team chaplain comes in and talks to the kids and has them kind of get involved as well. Um, and so it's it's at the forefront of everything that we do here, just like we do at school. The first thing we do is we, uh, we have a prayer. So how do we carry over as a program to be an extension of the Catholic mission, right? And it's so important, right? It's such an important, and it's what I love about, you know, covering this league is that, uh, you know, faith is, is paramount to everything and it really leads the way in all the programs. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's so much fun to see that you're getting contributions from, from younger football players, from some of your, your, your more experienced guys. Is it exciting to see that talent just sort of percolating to get to this point? Yeah. You want to find a good coach, find good players. You know what I mean? Like period at the end of the day, my job as a head coach, right? It's really two things. It's to create and implement a culture and acquire and develop talent. And, and sometimes you can just get really lucky and you acquire talent, 
Right. And so, you know, but it's about your relationships. Again, it goes back to what we talked about before. It's like, what are the relationships you're developing with people? But I mean, at the end of the day, we got Trent Mosley. Yeah. You know, and Trent Mosley is a pretty special player, you know, and and he's one of many watching a guy like Sean Embry, because when you talk about relationships and family, you know, that's a guy that I remember when he was 11 years old. The reason I live in California is because of Sean, uh, Sean Embry, our offensive coordinator. We coached together in Germany. And he was like, I'm moving my son to California because I want him to be a part of this environment in this school and play in this league. And that was enough for me to look at and say, okay, well, I'll come check this out. And I had a German girlfriend and I moved out here and got married when I got a job opportunity three days after I got a job. And I moved out here with a suitcase because of those opportunities. So to see the kid, I still have a picture on my phone. I think it's like, for whatever reason, got like favorited. And it's Sean and my son, my son, when he was six months old, so this is four, eight, four years ago, together uh, during 4th of July. And, you know, now Sean's 6'4". So you're watching him grow up in front of your eyes and, and become a young man and, and, that, and now really becoming a football player and becoming a guy that, that can go out there on a Friday night and make big plays is awesome. You know, and those are just two guys to note. You got a guy that kind of walked into it and has been a stud from jump, and then you another guy that's been developed. But there's a ton of dudes like Noah Sulik I've known since he was a pup. Yeah. You know, I coached his older brother. He was a ball boy on our sidelines, and now he's a senior. You know, and then there's other guys. There's a bunch of dudes that have been a part of our program that it's great to see. And then other times you get a guy like John Kazanaga who comes in the door and pretty good first impression, uh, first opportunity when you, you know, when you come in and do what he does. So it, there's a, just a myriad of dudes that have that are part of it and for us i think the biggest thing that we're trying to do here that's different than what's been before is really trying to collide and bring and mesh you know different walks of life and cultures and making sure that everybody understands like that's what makes football the best sport in the world is you get to have white kids polynesian kids black kids hispanic kids latino kids asian kids all together and then but we remind ourselves we're all children of god and you know let's play with our purpose and play together Amen. Amen. Hey, Gazanaga is going to make an impression. He walks through any door at six, seven, right? <laughs> is that it's wild, man. Is? Like he's like a real six, seven. Right. Yeah. He's like a legit, maybe he's six, six. I'm, I'm a, I'm a height hater. You know what I mean? All these dudes always listed, but he might be one of the guys that actually is that he's, he's already gotten the nickname. Our quarterback coach, Ryan Porter calls him Larry Bird. We call him big bird. So he's out there like big bird. They say he's like Jackie moon and Larry bird mixed. So. He's a stud, though, man. He's a great kid. There was a time in high school football where freshmen never sniffed the field. Now with holdbacks and other stuff going on, there are freshmen showing up on campuses ready to play varsity football right away, and then we're seeing that in your program as well. Oh, 100%. I mean, for us, for sure, I've always had this philosophy. I mean, probably because it was with me when I played back in the day. Like, you know, I didn't play Trinity League football, but I'm – where I played in high school, I played in Massachusetts, so it wasn't nearly as good as this, but I played as a freshman. I played one lower-level game, and then I played all varsity, started wow. as a freshman. So it's just kind of been ingrained in me from from Jump Street, like, listen, like, on Friday nights, we're going to put our team in the best position to win, right? And that doesn't mean we love kids more or less, right? That Our currency is not playing time and production as it relates to our relationship with you as a kid. However, on Fridays, it's about putting our kids in the best position and and if there's a young guy that's good enough to play, like he's going to play. Now, sure, an older dude can have something that has experience and can get through it. But we like to put guys in the fire um, to be able to produce because that's going to help them later. Right. So if you got enough, uh, you know, you have a knowledge of the offense or the defense and 
you got the confidence to go out to play and you got the physicality you're going to play. I mean, the turning point of last week's game was Jack Junker's catch on the third and nine huh? when he made an unbelievable adjustment on the ball and then got us out of punting, you know, because if we would have had to punt again, we would have been backed up and, you know, uh, they would have had really good field position and we were able to go down and score. And that was a guy who, who got there and got cleared that day, who had been there for eight days at quarterback with a freshman who's been here for, you know, since the summertime. So we'll let you play. Right, I'm, I'm all about that. I'll, that will never change. And old guys, we say this in our program, like if there's a competition between an older guy and a younger guy, it's trouble for the, the older guy because younger guys got opportunity to grow. So we preach competition here. It's a competition every week. If you perform well in games, obviously that has a huge merit to what happens on the next week. But you better show up and practice and you better be ready to go. Uh, we have high expectations for our guys. Our coaches put a lot on their plate. So they got to go out and perform and they got to execute it. And, and if we don't teach them that, then we're not teaching them about life. Because you can't just decide one day you're going to do it. Like, that's not what we're doing here. Every single team in this league, in this Trinity League, has a signature win, at least one on this season. And I don't know if there's a league anywhere else where everybody's going to go into league here in the next couple of weeks with a legitimate a reason to say, hey, we think we can win this league. And I, I think every team get, goes in maybe with with an argument why they have a team that can win this league. How much fun is it to prepare for that each and every week, knowing that, man, man this is this is the best football team we're going to see each and every week. This level of football is crazy good. Well, for sure, it's amazing. I think, though, what's become, like what you had talked about your question before about the difficulty of getting games mm-hmm. has now made almost every game have that level of preparation and focus required for all of the guys. You know, the difference though in the Trinity league again is, is really the trenches it's up front. Right. And so when you get to coach against, you know, those guys, I mean, they're great coaches like, you know, Rod Sherman, the connections that we have with coaches that were mentors, like, you know, he worked on Kunal staff and he coached Jake Fay and Austin Pettis. Right. And I worked with, I worked under Brent Wiesemeyer, who was at Olu forever. Yep. So, you know, you're in a weird way. I'm in like his coaching tree with other guys, you know, and he does a great job. And Aaron Corp does a great job and all of those coaches over there. Obviously, Jason does an unbelievable job. Coach Reiner over at Servite was at Colorado and he knows, he knew a bunch of our coaches on staff. So when he was a coach in Colorado, we would, he would come in here and recruit and, We'd sit down and talk for hours about different stuff, philosophy, kids, and whatnot. So I saw him the other day, and they had a great win against Los Al, and he's doing an unbelievable job, you know. And then you got, I don't know the coach from Jay Sarah as much, but I know he's a highly respected guy and done a great job when he was at Azusa Pacific. And I know he's a faith-based man and and done a really good job with their program. They performed really well. Um, And then obviously Jason's a dude. He's been doing this and he really, he really flipped the game and he really did it. And I love how forward thinking he is. I love how much he pushes the envelope. Talk about experiences that he gets to provide for his kids just because they can't find a game. Right. You know, they're in Hawaii right now. Uh, and then, you know, Frank obviously has walked into a machine there and, you know, Rollo was a, a, a buddy of mine and I always had tons of respect for him. Um, because of just, you got a respected, uh, a program that's been able to have that much success and, at the end of the day, like when you're watching it, like what really reflects a team is, is how they carry themselves and how they play on the field. Yeah. Like they, modern days always plays hard. Like I talk to our guys all the time about like making your presence felt on the field. Right. And, and all of these Trinity League teams are so well coached. 
and their coaches do such a good job of, you know, controlling what they can control and execute and do what they need to do. And I would say the same thing about the guys we played and, and losing or two. Like you watch them, like everyone's just, oh, it's the brands, Trinity versus non-Trinity, you know, it's private versus public. And it's like, well, yeah, you should turn the tape on though and look at these guys. Like they do a great job with their staff and, and they got some players. You know, well, that's really what our focus obviously has been on this week. It's so important, right? Week to week, what one week at a time. I know it's, it's it seems like a cliche, but it really is true, right? Well, in football, one week at a time. This is the only way you can get it done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coach, we appreciate the time. Good luck. Uh, one more non-league game before we get in the league, and it's going to be so much fun to watch. And uh, we wish you luck, and uh, we're excited to see how it's all going to pan out here in, in, in the next month or so. We appreciate the time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. God bless you. And anytime, I'm happy to be on. Thank you so much. God bless you as well, Coach, and uh, uh, give all our best wishes to everybody there in the program. All righty. That is Anthony Ruzier, the head football coach at Santa Margarita Catholic. Thanks again to my guest, Anthony Ruzier, and uh, a lot of fun to talk to Coach. And like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how this Trinity League football race shakes out. Somebody's got to finish first, and somebody has to finish last in this league. And it's crazy when you think this thing could flip-flop a couple of different times uh, week to week as we watch it play out. But that's what makes the Trinity so special. It's so much fun. It's our pleasure to cover it here at Catholic Sports View. Well, that'll wrap up our show for this week. And uh, please pass the word along to somebody. If you could do that for us, that would be great. Of course, you can catch us online a couple of different places. Our email address, catholicsportsview at gmail.com. And we are on Twitter X, whatever it's called these days, at Catholic SV. And uh, you can uh, say hi to us there as well. I am Bob Gibson. Thank you again for tuning in to Catholic Sports View, brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Orange. And this is where athletics meets faith. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Catholic Sports View, exploring where athletics meets faith, a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange in Southern California. Tell a friend about this podcast and be sure to share on your social media platforms. We'll catch up with you again next week, right here on Catholic Sports View.